I'm at the Elko County City Hall with Mayor Chris Johnson. We're sitting in the city council chambers. I'm actually sitting right next to a table with his plaque on, <laughs> on the dais. Before we start, I want to do a quick plug for the pod. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also be sure to tell your friends, neighbors, and countrymen that the Indie Matters podcast is chock full of interesting information on topics that matter to them, and they should be listening too. All right, Mayor Johnson, thanks for coming on the podcast. You bet. Great to be here. So I want to just start out um, and ask you, this is your, what year are you in? This is your eighth? Well, it's my second term as mayor, right. and so, I serve two terms as city council. Right. So the combination of I'm termed out. Right. So in total, how many years is that? Well, eight, 15, and 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Yeah, and the only way I was able to get this last term was because we aligned our city election with the general, and it shortened my right. first term as mayor by half a year. Right. So okay. I would, had served less than 12 years so I could run for this last right. last term. Is that because they consider mayor like a city council member? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're following or I'm following the ruling that was um, for Reno. Right. I mean, every city in Nevada is a little different, but I think that mm-hmm. Elko and Reno are close enough that it would more than likely apply. I don't agree with it, but that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Time served as city councilman is time served as mayor because it's that it's viewed that we're from the same governmental entity. I'm probably gonna get back to that because I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that ruling. I've talked a little bit to Mayor Sheevy about it um, in the past, but um, I, guess, I guess I'm just sort of curious if you, if you could take us back maybe 15 years when you first ran, what made you want to run for city council? Well, I think just getting involved across the board, I've, I've always been one that's uh, wanted to know the issues. I think one of the biggest things that would surprise me from time to time is reading of a decision and knowing of the elected officials and how did they come to that conclusion. So I wanted to get more on the inside, if you will, learn of the issues. Could I bring a different aspect? Um, I like to serve. I like to be a public servant. There's um, just getting involved in the community has been very rewarding. Um, Mm -hmm. I certainly have gotten more out of this than I've put into it and uh, reflect back. But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest one is just um, knowing what the issues are and, and is there the very best decision being made. And I will say that uh, more than likely all of the decisions in the past that um, I thought about probably before I was elected probably were the right decision. And uh, But again, that was my biggest driver was um, just seeing the circumstance and how could I apply my own experiences too and come to a best decision for the community when you talk about your own experiences what sort of are you referencing like well being a business owner right growing up in a community um just uh the practicality of and uh those kinds of things i Mm -hmm. mean the municipalities are pretty passive if you will we're really a service organization when you look at it and uh, most all decisions are financial mm-hmm. or mission bound or results of what product will become available to the public. So it's pretty straightforward. So being a contractor, having a mechanical engineering degree, um, just those kind of different aspects. I think mm-hmm. that's important that um, especially that's the reason why there's a five member council or seven member council is to have those different viewpoints. And I thought that I could bring a different viewpoint and a good viewpoint. And uh, again, that was probably the biggest basis of why I decided to run. So I'm curious, you know, we're out in, as I mentioned, we're in Elko right now at the city hall. And 
I'm curious what sort of challenges you see the city face facing right now. What what are some of the big issues in Elko that, you know, maybe people in Reno or Las Vegas aren't really thinking about? You know, what what are some of the or maybe maybe they're not even issues unique to Elko, maybe they're statewide issues. But I'm curious what sort of the big issues right now are facing the city and Sure. Yeah. Well, I think any city is very common in the <laughs> same challenges and really it's keeping out ahead of the infrastructure needs. Right and roads, bridges, those kinds of things. Elko is doing better than it did, Mm -hmm. but every year we always face challenges. And as long as Elko's economy remains strong and revenues can outpace expenses, then everything is good. But uh, when I first was elected to the city, our budget was somewhere around $10 million, $8 million. Well, now our revenues are upwards of 20 million, and our expenses have followed right behind that. So Elko is able to put a little bit of money away um, from time to time, but it's still every year, um, it's not necessarily one that we worry about, but again, that common theme of um, being able to provide what's important to a community and uh, that infrastructure replacement is always a big challenge to any city. I think the the president, uh, and we'll, we'll get to, uh, President Trump was here on Saturday, and we'll, we'll sort of talk about his rally in a little bit, but I think he referenced the city of Elko and Elko County's improved economy and a lower unemployment rate. So I'm curious, with with that improved economy, are you seeing any sort of challenges with growth, housing, those kind of issues that sometimes you'll see? While it's you know great to have a, a growing, booming economy, you also have some of those sort of growing pains. So I'm curious if, if you're sort of seeing that at all. Yeah, not on this cycle. I mean, mm-hmm. Elko has certainly gone through their booms, and it wasn't uh, two or three or four years ago that there was a housing shortage in Elko. And so that's been addressed more so. Um, there's been more housing on. Um, the answer of having apartment availability went up four years ago and now it's starting to go the other way somewhat Mm -hmm. i mean it's still not um, a crisis or by any means but rental prices are leveling out probably decreasing just a tad availability of is much better so this cycle we're not seeing that Mm -hmm. boom that we've seen in the past but elko is remaining strong um, as far as just nice growth and that's important that's a manageable growth whether it's three and four percent that's a manageable growth mm-hmm. if you get above that then that's where the challenges yeah. really happen so yeah this one's not so much as it's seen in the past but still doing well mm-hmm. what are some of the infrastructure challenges right now i mean what are the biggest you know i know reno for example they're having in washoe county that whole region is having huge sort of challenges with sewer that's like a, a big infrastructure challenge for them but I'm curious if there's one specific thing down here where there's a big, you know, infrastructure need or, or Well, it's certainly traffic and streets, regional roadways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you look at Elko on certain times of the day and it's crowded. Yeah. And traffic is backed up past intersections and that's on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elko's bridges that are going across the Humboldt are upwards of 40 years old. They're still structurally sound, but that's one that needs to get into place I mean they're just so massively expensive Mm -hmm. so yeah the street infrastructure is going to be the biggest I mean um, Elko has done a great job as far as other infrastructure needs a sewer plan is a good example of getting out ahead of it uh, being careful with the 
resources, the revenues, being sure that the revenues are outpacing expenses. So Elko is sitting well on that aspect. Elko's water system is probably one of the best around. In fact, mm -hmm. they know it is. And uh, so those are the two things that are uh, strength for Elko. But just that roadway, regional roadway is mm -hmm. a big, big challenge, the biggest. Gotcha. And, and those are local roads or not state roads or? Well, one of them is. I mean, okay. the, they do have the state route, which is 5th Street, which is a state route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a help. And then we have uh, 12th Street and Aircart. And those are both city provided. And we could use another crossing. We yeah. could use a regional um, beltway. We could use, I mean, this is a little outside of the city of Elko, but we could use a secondary access to Spring Creek. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a couple of instances where Lamoille Highways had to close, mm -hmm. and the impact of traffic when that happens is big. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because I've heard from some counties that there has there's been a push to get more money from uh the sort of diesel tax revenue mm -hmm. i know right now it's not right. really going to the counties um and i think there's an advisory question in fernley about that uh at the same time that i've heard people are looking to introduce a bill draft request um is that something you think would benefit elco having more funds from a diesel tax or is that is that an issue for you guys right now well sure i mean that the road tax gasoline or diesel tax is the fairest tax of them all yeah i like that because it's uh paid for and allocated directly to yeah and uh paid for by the people yeah. who who it benefits i guess right and exactly it goes directly back to yeah exactly yeah. yeah the downside of the gasoline tax is twofold one is that it's not based on inflation mm -hmm. i mean it goes by just the cents and then two cars are becoming more efficient right and right. so that revenue is um, being less and less but a diesel tax would be a big big benefit to elco right i know i remember people raised that about some of the fuel tax indexing debates um you know well what's going to happen when they're when the cars get so efficient that you know you're going to lose revenue or there are more electric cars or something like that well, I want to ask, too, about marijuana, because I know it's been a controversial and debated thing in a lot of city councils and county commissions in some of the rural counties. So I think some people see it maybe as an opportunity for more revenue, but I think there a lot of people sort of see downsides. Um, and a lot of the rural counties, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think didn't vote for Yeah, question. I don't know the exact question. It's been in front of the Elko voters twice. It, yeah. It passed for the medical, which was some right. years ago, and then it failed for recreational. But it was still close. Okay. It's a 50-50. It's, yeah. it's pretty close yeah. in Elko. And so I, where is the council right now on, on the question of marijuana? Well, the city council now is opposed to marijuana dispensary. And uh, so we'll see. It's been a top issue with mm -hmm. the city election, and I think that um, this will really tell. This is the voters' chance to... Mm -hmm weigh in to see which way they'd like policy set in the city. Yeah. Do you personally support dispensary? I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, from a couple of aspects. One, just in, in growing up in a community and the choices that I made as a youth and what was legal and what wasn't <laughs> illegal is the choices that I made. Um, and I believe that to be the case as well. Um, I have reached out to different folks to talk to them and just get an aspect of the impacts and the benefits. Probably the biggest thing that really hits home for me is that the impact that we're seeing in junior high. Mm -hmm. And I talked to one school official who voted for 
because of the benefit and the revenues of. Right. And that same administrator, now that he's seen the impact at the school, specifically mm. after when it was legalized, he would vote against it. In Elko. In Elko. The impact. Yeah. So, so where, that where, sits home for me. I, I feel weird asking you this question, but so where are people getting their their drug? You know, well, their, I mean, it's legal in Elko as right. it is within the whole state. I mean, we just don't have a location a to purchase it. So people are driving to sure, Ely? Sure, absolutely, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been, um, the folks that have talked to me are opposed to it. Right. And uh, so I think that it brings, um, I mean, like I said, I, there, it was, it's an easy decision for me based on um, just, again, uh, some decisions that I made as a youth, listening to a school administrator and listening um, to some citizens in mm -hmm. Elko, and uh, when we've had the council meetings, we decided to go ahead and pass the ordinance before there right. was a request. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it would have been better to be a little more proactive than not. And uh, we didn't really hear that much opposition to the ordinance that mm -hmm. the city council did pass. So what did that ordinance, you, you passed an ordinance? Yeah, it's that... more along the lines of a zoning ordinance. Gotcha. Yeah, not allowing, um, not allowing. that type of business within the city limits. Right? Okay, okay. Right. And, and you said there wasn't that much opposition, people? No, not really. I yeah. think if we would have gone the other way, I think we would have heard of the opposition. Yeah. I mean, I just had that feeling that if it would have been legalizing of or having a place for a dispensary within Elko, that we certainly would have yeah. seen that opposition. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was really a pretty calm issue for Elko yeah. um, in, in the ordinance that the city council did adopt. I mean... The best you can do is a majority. You certainly yeah. won't get all, but yeah. um, I would say that what was passed is what the community wants. Now, this election may show differently, and we'll yeah. wait and see because, like I said, it is a it is a issue between the candidates, and yeah. uh, the mayor's race is uh, one's opposed, one's in favor, um, and there's other aspects. I hope it doesn't come down to one issue. Um, and then the city council, it's probably looking at the candidates for city council, it's probably a little more for yeah. in, the, in what those candidates have been expressing. And uh, so we'll see. I think that, uh, um, yeah, the voter has an opportunity to really set policy, and we'll see what they come back with. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that will be interesting to watch. It's mm -hmm. sort of... And I think there's a dispensary now in Ely or around Ely. Yes. So yeah. And I don't, know if, there's, I don't know if there's a domino effect at some point where it just. Well, I, there is. Yeah. There is. I mean, I, I just read an article of Utah. Mm -hmm. They're moving closer to. And uh, so it's more than likely inevitable. Yeah. And if that's the case, then what I'd like to see happen is if we go with the medical dispensary, let's not build a 40,000 square foot warehouse. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely the writing on the walls is that if that's what the community wants, then build the business where it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the issue that we have is that um, it goes for medical, and then, of course, then they have the hidden agenda to get to recreational. But, again, I mean, the voter has their say, and uh, it's probably inevitable that we're heading that direction. But, again, I think it is important that we really listen to and uh, it is making a big impact to the schools. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it's a newness and um, that uh, we can make, get that settled out where the, where the youth of any community are very careful of that. And, and marijuana is not the only one that has those impacts. You right. could have the same type with alcohol, tobacco, so on and so forth. When there was prohibition, 
the alcohol use was down. Yeah. And then when it was legalized, it went up. Same thing with tobacco. So that general tendency of what's legal and not definitely has an impact. So are the evils of marijuana any more than the others? I don't know, and I probably couldn't argue. I have a, a very good friend that um, actually has experience as a police officer, and uh, he said they never had, he never broke up a violent marijuana party, whereas <laughs> alcohol was not right, the yeah. same. So, I mean, yeah, so and, and you can see the impact. I hear great stories of the medical, yeah. bringing the medical side. But if we can just figure out a good way um, to control it, um, make it so that it really is what the community mm -hmm. wants, um, if you could put the medical in place without the inevitable recreational, yeah. that would help. And uh, we'll just have to see and just weigh and be cautious with mm -hmm. it. Well, speaking of medical, I, you know, one thing I wanted to ask was about health care. My colleague Megan Messerly did a story a couple of months ago about um, some of the issues around mental health services and how a lot of those issues are being dealt with by first responders. And uh, I'm just sort of curious, you know, is, is that placing a bigger burden on city resources to have first responders be dealing with a lot of these sort of traditional healthcare issues? Um, and, you know, how much of a challenge is that for for you guys up here. Yeah. No, well, it's definitely one that's becoming a center of discussion in Elko, and mm -hmm. there are some good things that are coming, and we know that more improvement will be coming. Yeah. And we really need the state's input and help with that. Yeah. And uh, so we need to keep striving for. But there are several volunteer groups that are focusing more. They're getting the word out. They're visiting with their elected officials, and it's becoming more and more of a discussion. Right. But um, yes, mental health is a big key factor in a community. Health care across the board is, is, is big. The quality of it's going to uh, rate a community, if you will. And uh, so that is more and more important. And, uh, being, and it's really a proactive stance mm -hmm. when you can get out and have a good resource for mental health then you're not reacting as right. the first responders are having to do with it. And the downside of it is is that the first responder is going to be engaged with the individual for a very short time. Right. So if they defuse the situation, well, the problem's not solved. So we just need to have that resource where folks can reach out and talk to and, and get, um, get what they need and have the experts mm -hmm. be available for them. So in terms of resources, is that more of a funding issue that the state should address or is it more of a policy issue or, or maybe a combination of both i don't know i think it's really financing yeah funding of yeah and state provided is probably the biggest key yeah. or we come up with but the state in their last session really changed some things i mean elko county is having to take on more than what they did before which is fine um, but they are relying more on local government of, to be able to provide that and then to put the mix in for mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, that uh, really uh, when you look at it per capita, we need to spread that mental health resource out. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a big impact for Elko, but not all the time. Yeah. But you need it for Elko and Ely and Winnemucca and Eureka and, and the other smaller communities. And that's where the state would come in so that they could provide that resource um, in the different counties. Yeah. So um, I want to ask sort of about the dynamic in the legislature um, for a town like Elko. And admittedly, Elko is a lot bigger than some other smaller towns that you just mentioned. Um, but 
one thing we had Mayor Corona on last week from West Wendover, and one thing he mentioned was that you know people in the legislature don't even know where West Wendover is. He's had to take out a map and sort of show them. Is it difficult sort of getting the legislature to pay attention to some of these issues, given just the amount of influence that Las Vegas and Washoe or and Reno have in the legislature term, in terms of representation? Is that a difficult, is that a challenge for you guys? What do you sort of do about that well, as a mayor? Yeah, it is. It is a challenge. I mean, especially since term limits, um, you need the experienced legislators mm-hmm. to know um, the operations of the state of Nevada. And that's been a big challenge for rural Nevada with the new legislators that are coming from the urban side. And they're learning. I mean, they're coming into it, just getting going with what they need to know. And I think that we need to work hard as a rural area and get in front of the urbans. I mean, the urbans have just as big a challenges as we do. Right. And uh, so, and it's hard that, why should a rural have any much more of an advantage than what the urbans can? But I think the way that we get around that is that we really need to look at Nevada as a neighborhood mm-hmm. and just deal with the different aspects of, we have to run efficient anywhere in the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think a good way to be able to get that completed is to reach out. More often than not, we typically don't have discussions of um, or enough of them mm-hmm. um, between legislative sessions, and we need to increase that, um, even as local elected officials and uh, talk to our urban representatives and uh, just let them know. So as we, as we have more experienced legislators, they're going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. And so they'll come to a better formula. It's not necessarily a per capita formula, and that's been the disadvantage of the rural areas, but we need to have that legislation where they look at the operations of the state, again, just the vastness of the rural areas. There's different uh, challenges that we have. Our per capita is not gonna meet the the urban areas, but if we can just um, have those formulas such that um, it does work or the specific uh, programs that are more impactful to rural, um, that's the key to it. But it's going to be a communication uh, challenge, and it's going to be one that we all need to work on to mm-hmm. be able to get to um, to get to a better place for the entire state. Is the city pushing for? Uh, has the city submitted any uh, bill draft requests? We uh, haven't. Pastor? We okay. haven't. Yeah, we. Uh, the last one that the city did was on the airport. We were disappointed on the advancement of that bill. Mm-hmm. That bill didn't seem to get going. Um, we look at some of the other aspects from an economic standpoint of what happens in the state. Our request was very minimal, mm-hmm. and it was to establish a flight or entice a flight between Elko and Reno, mm-hmm. which is key. The Elko Airport is key for Elko, um, just in providing of uh, specialists, doctors yeah. that can come to the area for a short time and then get back to their town. Being it's, able to get—it's kind of Elko surprising that there's not a flight between Elko to Reno. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, the I mean, city of Elko has the numbers that say it is sustainable. Yeah. yeah. It's just far enough that I feel like it's kind of a long, you know, <laughs> four hours is, it's just far enough that I feel like you could justify a flight. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, to travel to Reno and back and get any business done, pretty tough. I mean, In you're a talking day, yeah. 10, 12-hour day. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean... Um, so a flight would uh, would be a big help for that. But probably more important is being able to get maybe the mental health side. I think that yeah. 
being able to bring a resource to the rurals from time to time, that would be one example. Yeah. And then I know in, there's other examples of a heart specialist that would come to Elko where, if they had the flight availability. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things really are a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. So. Are a lot of people going to Salt Lake City for those types of yes. specialists? Yeah. Salt yeah. Lake's a little closer than Reno. Yeah. Yeah. About 60 miles closer. And that makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, it's an easier drive between Elko and Salt Lake and then back again versus Elko to Reno and back again. Yeah. So we were just talking about some of the dynamics of the legislature between some of the urban areas and the rural areas. And everyone, I mean, you saw this in the speeches at the Trump rally, you see this in the news. Everyone refers to rural Nevada, rural Nevada. Um, but it's kind of a big area with a lot of different uh, towns and sort of, you know, different in each one, I think, has a different character to some extent. Um, how homogenous do you actually think rural Nevada is when everyone's referring to rural Nevada, rural Nevada all the time? Like how, how similar do you think everybody is or are, are, are there sort of quirks and differences? No, and, I think I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think once you're outside of the Clark County, Washoe County area, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very and, similar. And how so? I mean, well, I think uh, probably people are more, um, well, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, the, one of the keys to success of Elko is that if there isn't something that we, if there's, if we don't have something here, yeah. then we make it. Yeah. And I, and uh, we enjoy the um, remoteness, being outside, more of that pioneer type environment. Yeah. And that's very common. Yeah. I, I know that's going to be common no matter where you go in any smaller community in, in Nevada. Yeah. That's probably a big reason why. In fact, there's many folks that wouldn't, don't like smaller communities yeah. because the resource isn't available. Yeah. And that's a, a real challenge at time to be able to have people come to Elko yeah. because their family doesn't have the resource close to them and, they, and it doesn't fit. And right. So that's going to be a very common right. theme in any any smaller community right. in Nevada. And the economy is pretty different. I mean, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I think Elko County probably has more of a natural resource-based economy yes. than Clark or Washoe between, you know, ranching and mining. What, you know, sort of percentage, it doesn't have to be an exact percentage, but how, how important is mining in ranching to the Elko economy? Well, mining is, like, is 70% yeah. of our economic base. Right. I mean, we're, it's all mining. Yeah, I mean, ranching is there. Ranching has been that um, longevity, that sustainability. But, I mean, you go back and look at where Elko was in the 80s and where we are today, and Elko was about 8,000 people in the 80s. Yeah. And without mining, probably would be close to that, maybe a little bit more. I mean, Elko, again, has done things. If we don't have it, let's build it. The convention center is a big example. Um, business owners uh, organized and said, hey, let's get a convention center built. So that helped diversify the economy. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, we are based on mining and um, our, our mining future is good. I mm -hmm. mean, you, uh, I listen to, um, there's different things that you can pick up on. I mean, the mines are gonna say, hey, this is what we're seeing. They're mm -hmm. not gonna be specific, which is fine. So, but again, I mean, mining is, is, yeah. is the biggest part of what our economy base is. You know, one thing I think um, President Trump brought up mining a couple times in his speech. Dean Heller definitely did. He said, he definitely said, this is Trump country. Then I think he said, this is go welcome to gold country or something. Yeah, President. exactly right. Well, and he <laughs> said, this is your area because everything you yeah. touch turns to gold. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's exactly right. Right. Um, 
so, I mean, what have you seen under a Trump administration in terms of some of the issues around mining and around um, some of the economic issues we were just talking about? Well, I think that President Trump has taken it probably another step beyond what a normal Republican administration mm-hmm. brings. Yeah. But I feel more comfortable, and I know that most Elko citizens feel more comfortable with the Republican in the White House. Right. And so, so you're saying he goes beyond what other Republican administrations have done. Is that— a good thing, a bad thing? Maybe oh, I think a, it's a good, a good thing. Okay. I think that President Trump brings a practicality gotcha. to the policies and the regulations, and that's been so needed for many years. And we need to have those policies in place, but they also need to be in balance. And right. That's what I see President Trump addressing. And what regulations in particular? Well, I think probably um, one is a good example is the sage-grouse. Right. I think the sage-grouse is one that uh, really you have to look at. I mean, what folks need to do is they need to take a drive through Nevada yeah, and then weigh the percentage of the openness and the availability of sage-grouse habitat versus the impact of mining or ranching. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's in, you can't measure it. Right. And, and that, type of, that type of information doesn't make its way back to Washington. So right. you need to have and that individual that understands that. And, of course, in the Great Basin, the biggest, uh, the biggest um, threat to sage-grouse is wildfire, uh, yes. not energy development, as yes. it is in other states in the West. Yes. Yeah, and there's areas in Nevada that I'm surprised don't come out more so of, here's a closed area, the Sheldon mm-hmm. Refuge is a big one to me. Right. I was just up there a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And so let's bring the Sheldon back in to see what impacts have been provided or not. And I think that it would really show that it would it's a cycle that's outside of an activity that would be human-caused or man-caused. Mm-hmm. Well, I did want to ask, you know, because we ta- we, a lot of people talk about the sage-grouse conservation plans and the, the sort of rules that come with that for mining and things like that. But I also know, I've also heard from some people on sort of the municipal level, the city level, that the sage-grouse plans have made it more difficult to, say, build a road or do things like that. Have you guys been affected in that way at all? Not so much. Okay. I mean, the city of Elko is working with the BLM on mm-hmm. acquiring right-of-ways and placement for future water tanks. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that those type of studies yeah. are part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to the governor's race, another huge campaign this cycle is over question three and whether whether or not to sort of break up Envy Energy's monopoly and create competitive retail market where other companies can can come into the state and um, buy and sell power. Um, it's a million. I think I, I saw the other day that like something like $90 million has gone into this campaign, which is amazing for a, for a ballot question. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of money here. There's a, there's a lot at stake, I think, for the future of how Nevadans get their energy. I'm curious, you know, I've seen a lot of no on three signs around here up when I was in Wells, there, there were a ton. Are you supporting question three? Are you opposing it? What's your position on it? Yeah, right now? I'm opposing question three. And probably the biggest reason why is when you talk to the co-ops. Yeah. I mean, being within the city of Elko, um, we know the rates are lower as from Wells World versus what we're paying within the city. And when the, city, when the co-ops came out and said, this doesn't work for us, then it's like, okay, well, then we need to vote no on it. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, that's a big one. But as you dig into um, what it is 
um, that would require the change in order to make this happen. One, I don't mm -hmm. even know that it, it's doable. There's just so much co yeah. complexity. And we really need to give the power company credit. Yeah. I mean, the, the rates in Elko are not that much different than mm -hmm. what they are in the rural areas or outside of Elko area. Yeah. And before Sierra Pacific Power, before NV Energy, our power reliability in Elko was poor. Yeah. We could count on a power outage at least once a week. And when was that? When, well, when did they come in? You're going back into the 70s. Yeah. And, that's, and then Sierra Pacific came to light, and we really started seeing a quality of electricity once mm -hmm. they became engaged. I remember going to a meeting. Somebody asked, how often does the power go out in Elko? And somebody yelled out from the crowd, every time a crow flies over. <laughs> so it was very poor. Yeah. And they have brought a resource and an infrastructure to Elko that they really need to be given credit for. Mm -hmm. And so it comes back to quality and service and price, and that is a good balance. So, so that's the other side. And, and as an elected official that understands that uh, infrastructure and what it takes, then we're just fine in, the, in, the, in what's being provided and how it's being provided. Mm -hmm. So, so that, 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 that's a good thing, and we need to be careful that we keep that in place because mm -hmm. of that quality. But again, the biggest one for me is that the co-ops are saying it doesn't work, there's problems of, and just the unknown of, and really what would happen. And I could, and I think another big one that's coming is that um, we would become part of the California power system. Mm -hmm. And I think that there would be more power taken out of Nevada and sent to California than what would remain in rural Nevada. And I think that's another big threat. So we need to vote no on question three keep what's in place, um, keep in contact with the PUC, watch how those hearings mm -hmm. are going, being sure that the companies are um, completing what they need to complete and providing it at the price that they very need to be able to. So, right. um, and again, even in the end, you're still going to have a company that's going to be in charge of the distribution and lines. Mm -hmm. And so you just can't get out of it. And that's why it's set up in the manner that it's set up. I mean, it wasn't set up because someone showed up first or had an opportunity. It's because the most efficient power system available is exactly in the manner that it's provided now because you have the large customer base right. to be able to share that expense. It's so like an insurance quality. company. You, yeah, need, exactly. you need a big pool of customers right. to provide that yeah, exactly. level. But I think a lot of maybe more conservatives see see this as an issue between a monopoly or a competitive market. Do, do you sort of see it that way? No, you know? well, not in this case, and it's not yeah. fair. That's the advantage that the yes group right. has, that's is what, they that's can portray it in that manner. Yeah. But what I go back to is look at a water system for any community. It's exactly the same. Right. You're going to have one well, set of wells, set of pipelines. I mean, you're not going to have two sets of transmission range. You're not going to mm -hmm. have three sets, four sets. You're going to have one set. And then to be able to have, especially for smaller or less populated areas, mm -hmm. you really need to have um, all the customer base that you can. And then you're getting into planning and engineering and design and to throw in a market and who's going to provide what, who's going to be there when it doesn't work, who was at fault if it didn't, power didn't make it to somebody's mm -hmm. house. You have a problem with power, you make one phone call. Right. Whereas the otherwise, who knows? So it's, it's the right system and it should remain in place. And we just need to keep engaged with to be sure. But again, 
NV Energy is a great company. They've provided great infrastructure. It's not that they're taking money and just banking it. They are reinvesting in, and we've seen huge improvements to the quality of electricity for Elko. So, you know, I, I, I want to ask a couple of political questions. I, I like talking about policy probably a little more, but um, uh, you ran in the Republican primary for assembly, right? Yes. Earlier this year. Right. What made you, you know, sort of want to possibly go down to Carson City and, and be a legislator? Well, I think uh, it comes back to the same thing before of wanting to be a city official. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of information that I've learned being a city official to be able to apply at the state mm -hmm. um, level would be big. I would be a good representative of the of Elko. I have a great cross section of. Again, just a business experience, mm -hmm. citizen experience, agricultural experience. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, um, I felt that I was the best candidate of and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and thought that uh, I could do a better job as uh, representing uh, Assembly District 33. Do you think you're going to run again? You're going to try to run again? Possibly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's some time in between. Um, it'll have to be under different circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, the Republican primary was very short, yeah, and it was hard, very hard to get the word out. Yeah, um, unfortunately, at a state level, you have to be very aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted to just keep my local policies as yeah. far as it goes. So, yeah, you mean um, aggr aggressive in what way? Well, I think you really have to pull out uh, voting records. Yeah, you really have to look at the uh, incumbent. Yeah, and you have and you have to distinguish a difference. Mm -hmm. And I came across probably t very similar. Mm -hmm. which there would be but there but so those are the kinds of things that have to right. happen and and uh, frankly that's not easy to do yeah it's not easy to do you recognize the people that are hugely dedicated to mm -hmm. and the effort that they've put in mm -hmm. but then again when you look at hey it's a competitive type situation and what's best for the area then you have to go and you have to put the issues out there so we'll see. We, I learned a tremendous amount. Those mm -hmm. are some of the things I'd have to decide mm -hmm. that if I wanted to be that manner, I would still want to have a campaign that was positive as much as possible. Right. But you have to get a little more aggressive. It costs money. Yeah. And so I would really want to have it where I had more of a resource instead of my own funds um, putting into right. it. And then just uh, um, having the word out beforehand. But, I mean, even just being – Filing for that other candidate, it still gains some ground. Mm -hmm. And I have more people asking about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you gain ground with it, and it takes time. It's a big, big part of a state office is name recognition. Mm -hmm. And it's tough to beat an individual that's had the seat for so long mm -hmm. and uh, those kinds of things. But I value Nevada. I value um, what is needed. I want to be involved. And I'll absolutely support our current assemblyman. Mm -hmm. and what, so I'm a team player. I've uh, shown that. So we'll see. We'll see how it is. Again, have to come under different circumstances. I know some key points to look at, but certainly not ruling it out, but it would have to be a little, a little bit more favorable <laughs> <laughs> to want to go through it. Because it's not can so imagine. easy being in a yeah. campaign, right? But you're still active in, in state politics, I think. You, you know, I, you endorsed... Uh, the Attorney General, right? Oh, yes, or, right. Adam Laxalt. Mm -hmm. So what was your reason for that endorsement? Well, yeah, we absolutely have to have a Republican candidate yeah. um, in governor. And, and Adam Laxalt will be a great governor. And Adam has been here several times. I've had the opportunity to meet him. 
and uh, he really comes from a conservative type side mm -hmm. and he's easy to get behind and certainly wish that he'll be our next governor right i've heard that a lot from a lot of people that it's just really important that a republican wins um and especially not a democrat from las vegas <laughs> that's what people say right always with the las vegas thing <laughs> um but i'm curious what what is at stake i would you say for elko or or you know the county? well it's I think President Trump brought it. We don't want to be a California, and that's yeah. where we're headed. Yeah. And we need to be looking to our eastern states, not the west states, really mm -hmm. for rural Nevada. And I even think urban Nevada. Mm -hmm. I think that California has some policies that are not so good. And uh, so, yes, having that Republican governor certainly mm -hmm. brings more of a chance or a balance for the smaller communities in Nevada. Right. And also a good aspect for the urbans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, uh, hey, it's about business, it's policy, it's resources, it's mm -hmm. um, what is the role of government in our lives, so on and so forth. So just across the board, that um, having that Republican governor is key. Yeah, I wanted to, um, I, I know we're almost wrapping up, but um, I did want to go back to one thing you mentioned, which is that the, the, the lawsuit that was, I think it was in 2013, before the Reno election in 2014, businessman and candidate right now, Eddie Lorton, filed a lawsuit basically arguing that the, the role of a city council person is functionally the same as the mayor, since the mayor sits on the city council in Reno. And the Supreme Court agreed and said that, yeah, your term limits as a city council apply to a mayor. So if you've served eight years on the Reno city council, then you can't run for mayor because and I'm not sure if it's eight or if it's one. You'll get, you're right. I think, is it more than twelve? That? Twelve. You've twelve years. Less right. Than twelve years. Sorry. So right. if you've served your full twelve years on the Reno City Council, you can't run for mayor. That's right. And in 2014, that sort of knocked two people out of the race, opened it up for uh, Mayor Shivi. Um, but I know that that she's been pretty outspoken about. No, no, no. The the role of mayor is different from a city council person. Um, and I think she's advocated for, in the legislature last session, for um, making the mayor statutorily a stronger role with veto power and, and um, you know, the ability to, to run, even if you've completed your whole, um, the maximum term as a city council person. So, uh, you know, we talked about this really briefly in the beginning of the interview, but where do you fall on, in that debate? Do you think that the the role of a city council person is the same as a mayor and those the the years you you serve as city council in city council should apply to you know whether or not you're termed out to to run for mayor yeah no i mean that they certainly are two different offices but yeah. not many people know that that's yeah. one of the disadvantages that the supreme court had is that not very many people know that and I'm being one of them. I mean, when I went from city council to mayor, I figured it would be a pretty easy progression. I'm thankful that I have the city council experience, but it was a step up yeah. to become mayor. Yeah. And you're viewed differently as mayor. You have more responsibility as mayor. And even when you look at the charter, if you look at the Elko City Charter, mm -hmm. it's broke up into three branches of government. Right. I mean, the mayor is executive and the council is the legislative. And then, of course, you have the judicial. So it's still similar as the three branches of government. So they absolutely should be viewed as two separate offices, and they are when you vote. Yeah. You, you vote for mayor and you vote for council. It's not that 
were lumped together. So the general public looks at mayor versus city council as absolutely two different offices. Mm -hmm. And that's what needed to come to the Supreme Court. But again, not many people know that. Right. And a county commissioner is different. Everybody's at large. They switch as chairman. They're not specifically voted on to be that chair. And if right. they were, then I would say that that would be two separate offices. Right. But that's the issue. Get back and look at the charters. They're already broken up into three layers of government or the three divisions of government. And then just having the different election, yeah. mayor versus city council, they absolutely should be two different offices. And so do you have veto power as mayor? Not no. in the charter. That's right. one of the issues. And so The general cities do and the charter cities don't. Yeah. And the general cities are sitting back saying, hey, well, we, would, we're, we can run it. We can. It doesn't apply to us. Yeah. Well, it applies not necessarily where you can go as far as veto power goes. Mm-hmm. But just having an odd number board at under your particular instances, the mayor will be the, the deciding vote. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, just having that separation of election and two different offices and campaigning to me says they're 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 different and should not be um, combined as far as that experience. And that and it's a disadvantage for the cities because the potential of your very best mayor candidates should have city council experience. Mm-hmm. So. Right. That's another aspect. It's not fair to the cities that ser- time served as a council can't be applied to running for mayor. Do you hear this from other mayors, too? Well, no, I haven't talked specifically. Yeah. I have talked to the Reno mayor just a little bit about yeah. it. I have talked to other mayors that have, are in general cities. I was hoping that the Nevada League of Cities would weigh in on this. They, yeah. had, the inv- they had the opportunity to, and they decided not to. And so, but that's that's how it went but yeah the general city mayors they're not concerned about it because they look they do have the veto power they're different but um, the two elections yeah really separate it yeah so yeah but i would be willing to and that'd be a good one to reach out i think that should be a change um in in nevada to yeah exactly to recognize that role of mayor differently yeah all right. Well, I think I'm, I'm pretty close to my last question. And I actually, it's sort of just a fun one. I think the Elko City Council or the Elko City logo is really cool. And I wish I had a, vi- I wish I had a, uh, I wish this was a video thing so I could show it, but it's like, it kind of looks like a, an old basketball team logo, or I, I don't know how to describe it. It's really cool. I'm just curious, like how long has that been around? When did, when did you guys come up with it? It's been here probably for about 20 years. Yeah. It was established when Linda Ritter was here as city manager. Okay. Yeah. It was here before I was elected 15 years ago. And just okay. as a citizen, I would say that's about the time frame of when that yeah. logo was um, adopted. Yes. Do you think it's cool or am I just... No, <laughs> am I, I'm, well, am I'm I alone? glad to hear it. <laughs> am I'm I alone he... in that, <laughs> that well, opinion? Well, actually, I'll tell you, this is the second interview on the same day that had the same comment of really? the city logo. <laughs> so maybe... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we need to get that out more. In fact, I was in Las Vegas yeah. for a Nevada planning, and they invited mayors down, and it was neat to see the each city's logo behind the yeah. mayors as we were speaking. So I'm glad to hear that, and I certainly will pass it on that yeah. uh, that people like it. I'm not really allowed to have opinions as a reporter, but I feel like I can take take a stand on a city logo. Oh, good. Okay. Well, we need to get it out there more. That's um, great. Well, thanks. All right. Well, I think that that sort of covers it from what I wanted to ask you. Is there anything you want to add? 
No, just uh, thanks for being here. It's always great to share views from across the state of Nevada. And uh, um, again, uh, we live in a great place and uh, glad to be part of it. Thanks so much. Thanks.